Welcome. The Leadership Lesson Podcast inspires leadership growth in everyone. We have enthralling conversations with top leaders in order to provide you with life-changing lessons. My name is Caleb Nichols. I'm a speaker, a pastor, and a family man. My hope is to inspire spiritual depth and leadership growth in you. I love to sit down with leaders from a variety of fields, hear their personal stories and leadership experiences. This creates the podcast. Enjoy. Here we are. I've got Al Austin, Pastor Al. Hey, Caleb Nichols, Pastor Caleb, and Brad. (laughs) (laughs) No titles. (laughs) No, it's good to come together and uh, the whole kind of point of this is just to discuss out some concepts that are coming through the church at the moment and talk about the the, the words we're getting and um, what we're focused on and try and make it something that we can just have normal chats about and if you're watching you can sort of put any comments in the in, in there and we'll get back to them as well because it's good to discuss a lot of this stuff out and I think mm. that these like long format discussions are really healthy because you don't just get the bumper sticky you get yeah. to like wrestle a few things out so yeah. Um, yeah it's good to have you with us yeah, it's good really, really good to be here really good why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah okay sure <laughs> I thought you were talking enough. to Brad you know, <laughs> everyone knows everyone knows he's Brad. famous yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you want to know just who you are where you're from sure, yeah. how you've travelled to get yeah. here okay yeah <laughs> I've come from a, from the mainland called Tasmania <laughs> the kingdom of Tasmania <laughs> to be here um, but yeah no I'm 37 father of seven um Married of 15 years. Uh, I'm a teacher most of the time, four days a week. Yeah. Teach grade five, six uh, class at a public school. Uh, and then one day a week I operate as pastor and obviously we have a Sunday morning that we, that we do as well. So, uh, and, then, on the weekend. and then life <laughs> sort of fits in between that. Yeah. So juggling kids and work and church. Um, so, yeah, that's a little... Well, so, a snapshot. Uh, so you've, yeah, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to tell us what's it like raising seven children. Yeah, good one. Like, like I don't know anyone else who does that. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty wild. So though. give yeah. us the insight. Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, it's, it's always a surprise whenever I say, you know, I've got seven kids. You always get the whoa, you know, and the, the you know, have you heard of uh, TV? It's like, ah, ah, <laughs> for every time I heard that. Um, but this is what I say to people, and and. I suppose for you, Caleb, you've got four kids now and you recognise this, that every kid that comes along, I believe there's a capacity to be able to handle that child. And for us, I guess in a way we've been lucky in the sense that we haven't had twins, which I couldn't imagine how that would be having two at once. (laughs) But it's like you have one kid and then your capacity increases. Um, And then you have another one, your capacity increases. So, I mean, I'm not a big gym buff. Unlike Caleb, um, <laughs> my career you know, finished but, a long time but, ago. But obviously, you know, you, you get to a certain, you aim for a certain goal, you do the work, you achieve it, yeah, you yeah. get there, and then you can handle that weight. Mm. Um, so for me, we, you know, my my daughter's fourteen; she's my eldest, mm. and then we've got a one-year-old. So pretty much two years in between that. Um, and tell everyone because you've got yeah daughters each end. Yeah, yeah. So I've got daughters each end, and then five. Boys in the middle. Wow. Um, Just basketball team. So, Bang. Yeah, so yeah, basketball right. team. Male yeah. basketball. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, if you do a mixed one, you have to cover yeah. yeah. uh, So that, that's pretty much going to be it. So there's not too much action happening now, but uh, the sectomy is happening very soon. So it's all booked in. You're me, you're me both, mate. Seven is perfection. So that's, um, that's the thing. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how life is. But, you know, so what's it like, like, what's it like at bedtime? 
I know it's hard for me. I know it's hard for Brad because he's got yeah. one child. <laughs> okay, yes, he's got one child, so yeah. he's like the manubi here. <laughs> At least I've got four. I mean, yeah. somewhere he's got seven. <laughs> but like, how, yeah. do you, how do you get everyone fed it into bed? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, so we, I've got four boys in in one bedroom. So wow. two two bunk beds. It's quite a spacious room, um, you know. And so it's a matter of when it's bedtime. All right, um, off you go, do your teeth, you know, say goodnight, and, you know, it probably takes around about 15 minutes. But there, I imagine everyone's pretty independent. Yeah. We're yeah, in a smaller yeah, family, yeah. probably like we're yeah. trying to wrestle through. It's a bit well, of like, brush my teeth for me. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he's, turn the tap on. And, he's the, so my four-year-old, he, he can go and brush his teeth yeah, because he wow. sees his older siblings uh, doing the same thing, and he wants to be independent, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, so he wants to step up on his stool. He might need a little help with the toothpaste and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, bedtime. I mean, it, it can be it can be crazy, but they know the routine, um, and so when it's bedtime, they know. Okay, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, and then okay, mm. off in the room, and then it might be like, all right, boys, lights off in bed. You just kind um, of shut the door, chain it, yeah, and, but, and lock them in. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, lock the door for the night. Um, <laughs> I, I think consistency is probably a key thing yeah, we yeah. bedtime is pretty much the same yeah, um yeah. you know um most nights yeah, yeah so there's there's an expectation when it's bedtime okay this is this is what happens so you couldn't really afford i suppose to have like loose nights where everyone stays up because well, that would just yeah but we do it. we do have them we do yeah. have them it's like oh my, it's, it's 9 30 and you know you've, you've come from somewhere you've gone on a trip yeah. somewhere and you know okay bedtime yeah. Um, and and Straight. so it's you know teeth and you know get your jammies on yeah, shower yeah. routine and all that type of thing. So yeah. yeah, look, it gets messy at times. It gets wild at times. But sounds disciplined though. Yeah, yeah, well, I yeah. reckon if I was one of the four boys, I'd take up camping. <laughs> four bedrooms, four boys, one bedroom, yeah, well, backyard yeah, every night. Yeah, well, they, they do try that. It's like a walk in at, you know, eight o'clock or whatever, and someone set up a, a cubby, and I'm like, boys, bed. <laughs> um, you know, so there's, I mean, you could walk in, you go, well, this is crazy. So for, for us, our dinner time, dinner, shower, uh, maybe do, you know, a story or some games or whatever, bedtime, brush yeah. teeth. Uh, Jamie's on, get you know, mm. and then make your way to bed. So it's crazy. Yeah, sometimes you got to get the whip out when it's. Oh, I you can't know, imagine. Yeah. yeah. So what what do you say to people when they don't want to have children? Well, you get a lot of people these days yeah. where it's like bad for the environment, or <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. the world's overpopulated, sure. or yeah. you know, kids are just going to wreck my career. Yeah. Like you as a very experienced yeah. father, like what yeah. would you, what do you say to those people? What do you think of that ideal? Yeah, well, well, firstly, that's it's a philosophy that comes from naturalism mm. um, that that says you know population needs to be culled back and you know we've got to be you know careful and all this type of stuff. Um, I think the truth is, you know, for me, obviously, God plays a big part in that. And mm. My my, I've come to the belief that you know children are a blessing, mm. um, and so I take on that mandate as a father that, you know, each child that I have, if I choose to have a child, mm. um, that child is a blessing, and that means also for me that I'm going to get some sort of growth and development mm. out of that relationship mm. with my kids. So for me, I've got seven different ways that my kids are going to potentially grow me mm, mm. Um, that I wouldn't normally have if I didn't have kids. Mm. Um, so I suppose looking from a from a spiritual perspective or, or a Christian perspective is that um, you know I could I could not have kids and you know I could do the career thing and uh, you know that would be 
you know, that, that would be okay, I, I suppose. But there's something in having kids and raising up that next generation mm. that actually puts uh, a depth and character on the inside mm. of me if I take the mandate seriously, mm. if I step into that role of being father and, um, and, and you know, bringing my God-given duty, I suppose, mm. to, to, to my kids. And, yeah. yeah. And there's a dying in it. I mean, there's certainly a, a you know, there's yeah. a sacrifice in it for sure. But it's in those sacrifices that a, that a greater level of maturity is set mm. in your character. Mm. Uh, and I don't think, um, it's, from what I can see, it's hard to get, get around that and achieve that same type of character. I'm not saying it can't happen, but there's something in yeah, fathering and then parenting that, um, that allows that depth. Well, that come, people kind of say if you want, if you want to learn to be unselfish, like have children. Yeah, for sure. Absol- kind of absolutely. Beats the, like, have absolutely. you found that having a baby? Like, oh. it beats the selfishness out of yep. you. Yeah, pretty we're, quickly. We're still in the honeymoon. There's more to come. Two cynics over here. I'm very yeah. uh, nervously saying that we're four months in, and um, yeah. yeah, so joyful. Yeah, like that's the, a nice the, time. The capacity thing you talk about, I understand. Yeah, like, there's depths of my heart that I just didn't know I could wow. never. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, we talk one. about like having a second one, and like how could you ever? Yeah, for sure. Love two things as much yeah, as yeah. you love. Yeah, the you know I've been. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously God must do a work. Yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on um, the lifestyle choice. Like I know you, yeah. you spoke, you mentioned like naturalistic worldviews sure. affected yep. um, some people yep. not having kids or not having as yep. many kids because they're worried about the world they bring people into or yeah. mm, the good, effects good, on good. that world. But what about just the personal lifestyle choice? Like we're a rich country. Yep. People don't think that. Sure. Mm. Yeah. The average Aussie is well, pretty wealthy and yeah, scared to lose that. Or it's, it, it's a good question, and and it comes back to this: if if this is the only world we have, right? Yeah. If there's no afterlife, if there's if there's nothing beyond this, yeah. if here is is all that there is, then you know, I, I, for me, I, I can understand that you'd be thinking, well, let's just make it as easy as possible. Kids would just be a, a, hassle. a hassle. There'd be yeah. no reason uh, to develop my character because, well. What, why would you do that necessarily unless it was just to benefit me in my play, pursuit of pleasure? So I think, I think that whole notion of um, not having children and that choice to go, it can come from a, a hedonistic pursuit of pleasure. I just want maximum pleasure uh, for, for what I can get with minimum cost or sacrifice. And so yeah. the first thing or one of the first things that goes is the thought of having kids and yeah, that yeah. next generation. And so... But I suppose, but I suppose, in a way, that line of thinking is kind of right. Mm. Like, at, like at one level, mm. yes, mm. it is going to cost you some pleasure. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be doing like Friday night parties. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It is going to cost you something. Yeah. But I think what I've found having kids and the yeah. same belief as you believing that, or choosing to believe kids yeah. are going to be a blessing and a benefit, mm. not a curse. Yeah. You kind of find a deeper level of pleasure. Yep. Yeah. Yes, Good it's one. not the partying pleasure or the, you know, for my wife having four kids, it's not mm. the like I have mm. my same body when I was 22. Like it's really hard yeah. having babies, yeah. Yeah. you know, but there's a deeper level of pleasure that only, that maybe only comes through sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've just had Spot Anzac on. Day and yeah. mm. at Anzac Day, it's always about look at the sacrifice mm. these guys made to give Absolutely. us this country and yeah. someone's got to kind of pay the price for yeah. the next generation. Yeah. And if you do that, there's actually a deeper level of that love you were yeah. talking about, Brad, and there's this pleasure yeah. in it that's, that's it's a more meaningful pleasure, yeah. maybe, but a less kind of expedient 
yeah. in the moment pleasure, yeah. but it's this yeah. deep 20-year a- project of raising absolutely. a human being, you know, yeah. like, and that's an adventure. Yeah. So, so true. I reckon one of the other true. things that I've noticed as well is that it's, I can't think of a greater way to see the wonder of God on earth, mm. like life. We, yep. they're so, as a parent, you're so responsible. Yeah, but yeah like, true. Yeah. You're almost fully responsible. Then on the other hand, like, there's nothing you can really do about it. Like, mm, yeah. It's not just mm. a science project. There's so no, much wonder in it. Yeah. And, mm, um, yep. I've really, it's having an Ivy's really brought me closer to the heart of God and what's yeah. the purpose in this life. And I'm not going to be here forever as well. And that, yeah. I don't know why I've thought about that a lot recently. Like I'm not going to be here to be this for her forever. Mm. And um, the only answer that I can come to that is that I've got to point her to something greater than me. Mm, yeah, mm, good one. And so I'm interested to hear from you guys, yeah. like how is like having kids brought like revealed the heart of God or brought you closer to or seen him on earth? Type. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I can go first. first. <laughs> yeah, you go first. I'm well, just trying to process that one. <laughs> just absorbing that question. Yeah, it's just, it's just, the one who doesn't yeah. ask the religious or Christian questions. I'm the one in the flannel. Yeah. <laughs> I should be having a beer here today. Well, I think, yeah. an Aussie guy. <laughs> I think... Um, I think like, and, and, and all of us have been through the labor with our wife, right? Yeah. Been there with, and I just think it's amazing that people can go through something like that. Yeah. Like watching your own child come out of your wife. And I'm sorry, that's a bit <laughs> vulgar, but like, it's just incredible. Yeah. And often a few of the boys I play yeah. soccer with, yeah. um, their, their, their girlfriends and wives are pregnant and stuff. And I just say to them, man, the labor thing's crazy. Like yeah. it's like life and death crazy yeah. adventure and whatever yeah it's an intense like this moment human comes out of a human and yeah. like all this stuff and and it's just and they don't even know all of scientifically mm. we don't even know all the reasons why yeah. certain things work with yeah. babies and whatever but it all happens mm. and i just find it amazing that you can go through that or see mm. that and think yeah. that like there isn't a god yeah, things sure. aren't on purpose like there yeah. isn't a creator who, yeah. who kind of designed yeah. For the baby to grow in the womb and all that yeah. to happen, like how could that be accidental mm. or just pragmatic or mm. just you know evolved out of necessity? Mm. And I just think child, and then that's only the labour. That's the day mm. in the labour suite. Let yeah. alone like you watch this child develop and mm. it's just yeah. a miracle mm. in front of your eyes. And yeah. I think that this just at one point was just slime that crawled out of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just very hard to, I think it's easier yeah. to put your faith in that there's a designer out there who meant For this sure. to happen yeah. than to think this just evolved over millions yeah. of years. Yeah. And when there's the designer there that meant this to happen, that means that people have a purpose. That's My right. child has a purpose yeah. beyond just living and dying and going back to the dirt. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah, I think it's amazing that people don't get that yeah. out of yeah. going through experience yeah, so of having and raising a child like it, it it is the wonder of god yeah and of course i'm biased towards that because i already start as a believer in god but you know yeah, yeah. it's it's just interesting to me yeah definitely reveals god for sure and once again you talk about you know the whole worldview of evolution if it is just based in a naturalistic thing then the meaning and the task for parenting is sort of like what is it? Mm. Is there? Can you define it? Mm. And I think keep them happy. You know, yeah, exactly. Just keep them happy, and then the moment they're not happy, and it's, you know, when you don't realise there's a there's a bigger purpose. There's training also for your child, and um, and you know, growth and development for them. Um, when you know the the fact that, like Caleb said, there's there seems to be you know a whole design and and the 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 miracle really that mm. another human can come out of yeah. a, you know a, a human is is amazing but 
you know, that there's a mandate there to be able to raise and train up the next generation yeah. and that, that, yeah. that our kids, um, you know, to, to put good morals in them and to, to train them, I guess, yeah. you know, the way that they should go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, otherwise it's it's just an arbitrary thing. What do you do with this thing or yeah. how do you get it to do what you want to do? And then why should you? Yeah. For what purpose? Yeah. Mm. And I think when you, you know, when you're doing something that has no purpose or you can't see the bigger picture, um, that's a that's a really hard place to be. Yeah. It really is. And so, a dangerous place to a, be when it yeah. comes to a five-year-old, mm. a seven-year-old. Mm. Like, mm. That's your understanding yeah. of the world yeah. and then you're responsible to raise yeah. this child. Yeah. Mm. But I think there's a lot of um, lack of taking that responsibility these days as well. And, and people with the best intentions, you know, mm. don't want to tell my child what to believe yeah. or, you know, yeah. I want to create an environment that they can grow up and choose yeah. their path in yeah, life. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But, but all I hear there is just mm. you, you, that is a that is how you're training them. Like yeah. you're saying, I don't want to put things on them, yeah. but you're actually, what you're putting on them is purposelessness yeah, and exactly. directionlessness and no end game and don't set goals mm. and yep. mum and dad don't have an opinion on yeah. life and it's yeah. like you are actually by, by thinking you're not putting things on your children or you're mm. not telling them what to believe you are in fact telling yeah. them a certain yeah. way to believe yeah. and think yeah and you know because yeah. we get like in our christian school and i've got mates who are not christians that send their kids to christian schools and you get that all the time it's like yeah, send them to the Christian school, but I don't want to tell them what to believe and I want them to grow yeah. up and work it out for themselves. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a belief system. Yeah, Grow yeah. up and work it out yep. for yourself is a belief system. Yeah, Don't put anything yeah. on you is a belief system. Yeah. Like it's a it's a nothingness, nihilistic, yeah. bland, yeah. but it's still a belief system. Yeah. I'd rather, yeah. you know, and in the Christian faith, the Bible tells very clearly to mm. raise your children up in the ways of God. And yeah. like, it's the opposite. It's yeah. like, put this stuff in their heart. But yes, of course, the mm. message of Jesus is also when they're an adult, you can't manipulate them into that. And yes, mm. the, the, it isn't about forcing them into this cultish thing where they're excommunicated if they one day don't want to believe. So yeah. I think Christianity or Christian parenting has that great balance because it's yeah. like put things in them, give them purpose, mm. introduce them to God, teach them things about God. But then, of course, it needs to be healthy because the time's going to come where they're gonna, they need to decide for themselves yeah. or not. Yeah. And at that point, and you're closer yeah. to me because you're mm. a teenager. That is true. It starts to get a bit scary because at that yeah. point, it's very hard for Christian parents. They tend to be it, overbearing. Yeah, yeah, but you've got to let them. You've got to let them find. You do have to let them yeah. find their own way at that point. So. Yeah. And 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 that's I can jump in on that because that's you know I've got a 14 year old daughter, 12 year old son um, who's listening and he's sitting there. <laughs> um, you know, and it's it is because as a parent, you get you get them through to 10, 11 you know, 12, mm. uh, but then there's a flip and there's a change that starts to happen where, you know, for my daughter, she, she's got an idea of who she wants to be. And then yeah. some things for Amelia and I, um, you know, it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. This is, you know, what, what is this here? Or where's this mm. attitude mm. coming from? And the first instinct is to control it and yes. to try and um, suppress it and, yes. you know, hang on, correct mm. it. Um, and that when they get through to that stage, 12, you know, 13, 14 and onwards, it really is much more about hearing their heart. So, you know, tell me, sweetheart, what's going on for you or yeah. um, creating that environment, which is challenging. That This is a challenging part of having seven children is, okay, teenager, but then also young kids. Mm. You deal mm. with young kids a lot different than you deal mm. with your older kids. And that kids. needs time with the 14-year-old. Yeah. You can't yeah, hear right. them yeah. and listen and dialogue Absolutely. in one minute no. when there's six other kids running no. around. And it's, and no, the quality. So, so you've got to pick your moments and intentionality – 
Mm. It is key. It can't just be, okay, you know, good night, sweetheart. It's got to be, let's have a cup of tea, sit down. How's your day today? What's mm. going on for mm. you? And, and building. And that's what I'm learning now with my uh, 14-year-old daughter is that, you know, if I don't take time, mm. that's not going to be a good thing down yeah. the track. Yeah, great. Um, yeah. So no, interesting. Well I feel like as any type of leader, whether it be parenting or business or any, even being mm. a husband, like there's something so attractive about the heart of God and the nature of God that we have purpose. There's a plan. We've mm. got meaning. There's a job for us to do. And yep. I think the better we can get it, articulating that and letting our people and those around us wrestle through that with us and point back to like there is a purpose, there is mm. a meaning, there is something greater here, the, the more powerful yep. it can be. And I, I'm really trying that. Obviously, as a parent, I'm thinking about it, but haven't yeah. got to practice it yeah, too much. Yet, right. it'll, you, it'll come. Okay, but <laughs> just thinking about that at work all the time, like yeah, how do yeah, I help sure. articulate that this stuff does matter and um, yep. you know, this person does have a, a purpose and a role and this is a yep. platform for that person to mature into the person they have mm. been called to be. And mm. um, I'm really wrestling through that as, yeah. a, as a Christian man a who operates in a very secular environment. Yep. Like sure. how, how I've, I've just found it very attractive yeah, to, mm. to um, present the purposes yep. of God like that. Yeah. What, what about yeah. you, Al, like in culture at the moment? So you're over yep. here this weekend from Tassie. For, yeah. um, we're doing a Worldview yeah. Summit. You're yep. speaking, sure. you're speaking, which is great. And Al's got, you know, uh, a great mind for yeah. thinking through worldview issues and cultural issues. I don't know about great, but I've got a mind. <laughs> you do, you I've do. I've got a mind. <laughs> you, you apply your mind very well. No, awesome topics. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting uh, yeah. to hear what you're going to say this weekend. But what for you, where do you feel like culture's at? Yeah. Maybe what are some hot topics that you sure. think are interesting yeah. at the moment for yeah. us as a yeah. Aussie society or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, good good question. I think at the moment where culture's at... Um, so I work in a, in a, a public school, um, mm. pretty secular, so... Um, you know, the you really as a as a Christian, you really feel it in there at the moment. Where maybe once upon a time you'd be able to, you know, say Jesus, Bible, God, you know, mm. or talk about that. Now it's really, you know, any any hint of, of that you might be giving a, a religious opinion or yeah. or you know, here's what you should believe. Um, you really feel just attention the there. Okay. And so I think I, I feel like culture's at a point where um, that the world is really really struggling or they're buying into this worldview that says there is no meaning, there is no purpose. Mm. But the weird, the weird thing with that is, you know, you get these movements say, we've seen, you know, um, I, I like looking to the US because you sort of get all the hotspot things mm. and we get a filter trickle down from that. Yeah. Um, but if you really want to test out worldviews, you go where it's really heating up and, and America is the place where it's all mm. happening right now. So you get movements like Black Lives Matter, mm. um, you know, that, that are saying, well, if, if you don't declare Black Lives Matter, then obviously you don't like black lives. Um, so you get these movements that are, they're, they're saying they're just, but they're really coming from a foundation of uh, a naturalistic philosophy. Mm. There, there, mm. There's nothing uh, necessarily of, of God in them. And so understanding the, the the Christian worldview, uh, which is what we're talking about this weekend, you know, how do you how do you spot a fake? It's mm. by knowing the the real thing. Yeah, the truth. And so yeah. the more that you look at the Christian worldview, and this is what well, this is what culture has lost. Mm. Because we're all we're all um, you know, we're all religious, we're all worshipping something. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the truth the, the matter is just what is it that you have up there that you're worshiping? Yeah, what is yeah. that key thing? Uh, and the heart of naturalism just really says, well, I want to remake the world in my image because yeah, yeah. its worldview says there is no God. 
So if there is no God, the highest thing then becomes self mm-hmm. and self-fulfillment. And so I'm going to remake the world how I think it needs to be made, which is in my image, how how I am in my current state at the moment. And so it's funny because you have these worldviews that really, um, or these movements rather, that that are sort of putting forward a sense of righteousness, but really have no, no uh, God in them. I think a lot of uh, Christians even are buying into a lot of this mm. uh, stuff because it's, well, of course, Black Lives Matter. So it must be a really good movement mm. because, of course, Black Lives Matter. Um, so do you think Christians shouldn't support those things or yep. should? Or what? where do you, well, where are Christians <laughs> getting it yeah, wrong? A, yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, well, once again, you've got to, you've, you can't be simplistic in your faith. Okay. Um, and so there are things that require discernment. Yeah, there are things yeah. that require, okay, what's really going behind the movement? And so, mm. you know, if, if you look, say, with an ex- use the example of Black Lives Matter, because that's been a common cultural thing over the last year or so, and we, with the death of George Floyd, and you had the police officer that was just recently yeah. um, charged. charged with three, three um, accounts of, of, I can't tell you what they are, but obviously, you know, that it was intentional and had racist motives and all that. But um, you, you've got to be able to separate the slogan from the organisation. Mm, and so mm. I think as Christians, you know, we, we, of course we could all affirm that, of course, Black Lives Matter it yeah. feels patronising that we would even have to say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's like, of course, it's so obvious. Yeah. You know, all, all lives matter. Well, the very essence of Christianity is that every human, no matter what Spot they believe, on. is created in the image of yeah. God. And yeah. our call as Christians, yeah. despite what people believe mm. or... Yeah. Or color of skin, or male, female, or whatever, absolutely are, are um, created yeah. in the image of God and therefore valuable. So yeah, I so get that. It's so kind of patronising to suggest that that would be a problem. Yeah, it so was Christianity and Jesus who first said, "Yeah, Black Lives Matter, Women Matter, mm. Kids mm-hmm. Matter." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and part of coming into say the body of Christ is that we're all one in Christ. We yeah. put that first, not our ethnicity yeah, or any yeah. other defining feature that we might have about ourselves. But the worldview of naturalism says those things are important. You actually mm-hmm. have to put uh, your sexuality first mm-hmm. or your, your, your ethnicity or, or whatever preference that mm-hmm. you might have on that day, you've got to put it first. But you've got to separate out, separate out the slogan from the organisation. Mm-hmm. So the organisation Black Lives Matter, and this is where I, I feel a lot of Christians didn't put time into actually going, hang on, what, what are their aims? Yeah. And when you look at the, you know, hashtag BLM, yeah, not the slogan, but the the organisation. Uh, they they want to dismantle the family. Uh, mm. A lot of the key Christian underpinnings in say Western civilization, they really want to take out those things because they see that as a hindrance to mm. the this sort of utopian thinking where yeah, they yeah. they wanting to get to. So to to buy into this idea of Black Lives Matter wholesale for a Christian is is in in a in a way highly naive. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and I would almost say foolish. Yeah. Because there's it goes against the aims of what Christianity says is mm-hmm. important. We're all one in Christ. We're all children of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and putting those for those things. I think so, it's I think it's hard for people sometimes as well because these things are quite um, emotionally yeah. volatile. Absolutely. They yeah. you know yeah. they grab your heart like for all sure. of us. They pull for your sure. heartstrings. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you don't they want do. people to die. You don't want injustice. Whatever. Yeah. And, and you know. But then also you come back to the rational. Thing, yeah. like you're saying that we'll, we'll, there's a bigger picture what's yeah. going on behind this yeah. 
you know, is the way to solve the problems of the world, you know, to run out and put, you know, black boxes in your social sure. media. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know, is there a better way? Is there yeah. bigger things going yeah. on? Is there, you know, and I think that's where uh, it sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah. Like getting carried away with the emotion in the moment for mm. sure is, is maybe not going to help as much and also can potentially send you on a path yeah. towards things that you don't actually say you believe for so sure it's like, you, it's, up it's like you get more than you bargain for it's like yeah. you know yeah black lives matter but oh hang on a minute well do we want to do you know fundamentally dis dismantle the the, the family um, the, <laughs> the family construct um it, it's mm. hang on that's not what i signed up for yeah yeah um so it's it's, it's a tricky one but that seem, t tends to be the case with some of these movements is that Christians are quick to get on board because they sound good. And like you say, the emotions there. Mm. Um, and, and so then they're stuck in this position where they, their heart goes out for people that are struggling. Mm. Um, but then hang on a minute, but this, this is, a, this really doesn't build in line with where mm. the Christian worldview yeah. is, is, is so really just, highlighting. And then it becomes highly politicized as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. By the yeah. media. And I, yeah. I find it difficult as well because I have, um, friends have really got into supporting that for movement. Sure. I yeah. think it's a great thing that it draws the heart to want to take action for any group that's suffering from any type of, or any person mm. that's suffering from any type of injustice. As a Christian, we should do everything for the to see yeah. justice and to mm. see righteousness yeah. and to see fairness. Um, and I think I hope that these movements yeah. trigger us to action. And I, I hope as well, if anyone's listening, that that's also our heart. Like, of course, yeah, yeah for sure, absolutely. These concepts and these. Um, Issues with what's behind a movement, yeah, for like sure. that should never be yeah. a, a, like a, a, a flag yeah. to say I yeah. check out of like actually doing something about yeah. injustice in the world. And I hope that a Christian would do more for justice than anyone because we believe in God and yeah. a just God. And it's interesting. I think this um, notion of looking at what's behind a movement or what's behind what you believe is really important. Yeah. We were talking yeah. earlier before yeah, we hit definitely. go on the camera about the social dilemma and um, mm. social media and even just like being conscious about like um, if you're on your phone or on Facebook, like there's an agenda that they've got to yeah, keep yeah. you on that. Yeah, and you yeah. said a great quote before mm. on one of the um, things about how if, if something's free, then you are the product. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually true for the media too. Like um, you watch the news and there's, there's an agenda yep, that they have sure. to keep you entertained and to keep that's you it. triggered and yeah. to keep you coming back. And, yep. um, would they call it um, um, attention capital? Yeah, that's it. So, so mm. it's all about Facebook, social media, mm. they, the mm. news channels now, which yeah. used to be about truth or delivering the news, and you yeah. know, but now they're about really just keeping your yeah. attention. Because the longer your attention is kept, then the more advertising they can mm. push. Therefore, mm. you know, yeah. that's where they make their money. Mm. I think that's the fascinating thing. You're scrolling through yeah. Facebook, going, "This is so yeah. cool! I get this all for free," and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's because you're the product. If you keep scrolling, <laughs> yeah, they're it's, winning, yeah, and it's yeah, like, so man. So, so how can the motive or the agenda for these big tech companies yeah. or social media be good? Yeah, if the mm, aim is sure. money and the aim is to keep your attention, <laughs> they're not. And and that's where the the um, documentary references social dilemma is interesting because I suppose the point that they're trying to make through the documentary mm. is that there's a moral responsibility mm. now because people's lives are being ruined yeah. through social media, is there a moral responsibility for these companies yeah. to not just mm. use the you know psychological hacks to yeah. kind of manipulate people mm. to stay online so that they mm. can push more advertising? Is, yeah. is that immoral? Yeah. And that's kind of what they're saying. It kind of is. Yeah. And it's what we thought was going to be, you know, finding old friends on Facebook or sharing mm. photos has now become 
battles for, you know, uh, elections and politics and pushing mm. ideologies and conspiracy theories and things yep. that, you know, you were, you were talking before we pressed go about your daughter, you know, yep. and, and, yeah, and, sure. and teenagers with social media. And it's like a teenager's never going to be consuming social media coming out. It's more humble, more happy. More it's, better self, it's, better it's identity, gonna, gonna better happen. body image. No, it's going to be it's going to be more. Oh, I'm inadequate. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh, I've got to compete with this person. Oh, that person's got more likes. Um, and just this whole notion of my self worth is based yeah. on on this little thing here that I've you know got to scroll with. Yeah. And I was saying to you before that you know, you know, my daughter at the moment, I she hasn't got a phone, and mm. that's intentional. We're not really getting her a phone, or we're we're, we're biding our time. To yeah. the point where it's absolutely necessary. Because the point is, once she gets one, you've got it. You're not going to be upset that you know for the last four years you haven't had one. You've got it. Great, yeah. fine. Um, yeah, but but the whole the whole point being that you know even for me, you know how many times have you realised you've been standing there yeah. flicking and you go, oh, it's Wait, ten minutes, time. just going yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, for for me as an adult that struggles with it, you know, and my daughter says that's okay. I'm not going to get addicted. Uh, it's like I have to fight this. Yeah. I have to really intentionally go, hang on, put the phone down, have a conversation, make mm. a cup of tea, sit down. Um, so we really are getting sucked into this mm. this thing. I think for me, like a lot of this stuff we're touching on here comes back to the kind of the information age we live in. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because everything we've talked about, Black Lives Matter and the emotional yeah. bit and then the politics and then social media, and all of it is just this overload of information. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and now, now, you know, there's not... Yeah, yeah. When we grew up, there's four channels on TV. Yeah. Or Danny tells you probably had two and a half channels. <laughs> like, yeah. no, we had three. You know, I don't want to. I don't want us to sound super old here. Brad's only a few years behind us. We had Win TV. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whatever happened to that, but yeah, well. we had SBS grow up too. Yeah. That was kind of a channel. Yeah. But I mean, but now it's just you know everything is just the tap is just on full yeah, ball for sure. Whether it's movies, yeah. TV shows, yeah. you know, social media. Yeah news like you'd watch the news at night for half yep. an hour and now it's like 24 7 news channels Absolutely. from everywhere in the and world you can Al Jazeera, yeah. cnn mm. like whatever but i think this whole information age is interesting getting back to kind of worldview and 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 people's lives and beliefs and whatever because i think a lot of people just are stuck in the river if you like if, if you use the river as a metaphor there's like this torrent of society and information and Social media is part of that, and Black Lives Matter comes yep. along, and yep. then it's the next social yep. movement. Whatever's happening in America, like even American politics. Yeah, yeah. But now every Tom, Dick, and Harry is an expert on American yeah, politics. Yeah. Back in the day, you had to buy the right paper or <laughs> read Time magazine. But it's in your face all now. The time. It's yeah. like you know, yeah. you feel like you live in America, and I just think, it, and and again, this gets back to conversations Brad and I have had about simplicity and complexity. Like okay. it just makes your life so complex. Sure. Mm, yeah. All this information, all this stuff, because no human can. Yeah. What we're saying yeah. about Black Lives Matter and looking behind things. Yeah. But yeah. how do you do that with the 50 things that are hitting you yeah. every day? Yeah. And be discerning, like you said, yeah. which is so right, but like there's too much information to discern. Yeah. So I think and, and even so how do you, there's a how step do you, before how that. How do you filter it? So that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It's like when you've got all this information, it's just like the... the you can't know the truth. No. It's, it's too much. Yeah. No one's smart So enough. you need an interpretive mechanism to be able to handle all that that's coming exactly. at you. Right. Um, you know, because if you don't, it's just a bombardment of information yeah. that just keeps you busy. Yeah. Like it really does keep you busy. And I, I guess the key thing, we're, we're, we're made, see the Christian worldview says that, you know, we, we are a religious people. We are a people that want to worship something. Mm. We're a people that want to fight for a cause and have yeah. meaning. Yeah. So 
when you think of the young man that you know we're surprised that gets radicalized and he goes off and he joins Islam, mm. he's looking for a purpose. Exactly. And he sees that in, in, in that, you know, in that worldview. He sees that there's a purpose here, there's a fight here. Mm, mm. And I think in Christianity we very much lost that sense of, hey, there's a purpose, there's a bigger yeah. mission, there's 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 a there's a place that we're going and it is countercultural. Mm, mm. It is not just the flow of the world, like you use that metaphor. It's not, it's actually going against the flow. It's actually mm. saying that there is something higher than self. Mm. You know, you, the reason movements like Black Lives Matter are so emotive is because they're putting it forward as a religious cause. Mm, mm. So it fulfills that part in people that go, they want something to fight for because yeah. they're built that way. God yeah. has built them that way that that they want a purpose. And so they see something like, say, the plight of, of black people who, um, if, you know, they're saying they're, they're being oppressed or whatever. And, there's, of course, there's horrible stuff and racism going on. Um, and they're going, here's a religious cause and I can get in into this cause. And as I get into it, it's like I can pat myself on the back. I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Where the Christian worldview says, well, actually, you're not a good person. Mm. You're a sinner. And only by coming to Jesus Christ Mm. Can we be saved? And so the Christian worldview says Jesus has done it all. Mm. And so he has done everything. He's, you know, all I have to do is, is come into that place of accepting what he's done and, mm. and forgiven. Then from that place, I can walk forward. But it's, it's really going, looking at, well, what, what is a just cause? What is a right cause? Mm. Um, you know, also the, the, the word of God says in the Bible, the enemy often comes as an angel of light. So mm. there's... We shouldn't be surprised as Christians that we see yeah, things yeah. that pop Lots up and they, and they look good yeah. and, and, and it sounds good and, and, mm-hmm. and we go, okay, yeah, fantastic, I'm fighting for it, I'm going to mm-hmm. jump in. But we really do have to have a mechanism that allows us to, yeah. to look at what philosophy or what worldview do these movements spring from? Because if, if we don't, we're going we're gonna to sort of get stuck. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I think as well, one of the things that, touches me when we talk about this is that it's important one of the encouragements i guess we have and especially the worldview summit this weekend is like it's so important to filter through what our worldview is like mm, how we yeah. view in the world and i don't think the average aussie i think we're trying as mm. humans we're trying to figure out like how to see through all this information yep. and have wisdom but one of the things i've noticed and especially coming from a non-christian upbringing and only came to christ in lots of the last five six years is that when your world is built on self and this is all these things we're talking about with the social media and the media and these movements. They're all coming back to touch ourself to yeah, say yeah. that you know we could form this world in, in in a way that's good for us. Is that there's just so much weight on that because yeah. you're holding all the plates up, you're holding yeah. the house together, and mm. um, I, I, that's one of the greatest things that I've found in coming to Christ is that we need help. Yeah, and, and we spoke about parenting yeah. before. Like nothing makes you realize you need a helper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, that's that, that's really good. And yeah. even as a business owner, like there's been so much injustice. There's been so much challenge. You've got people yeah. running everywhere. You need help, and mm. and that's yeah. one of the things that I have loved about this worldview stuff because it's helped me filter through the areas where my life's built on myself. Yeah, and it's helped me filter through things where my walk with Christ is built on religion, mm. not on mm. my relationship with Him, and that mm. He has come to yep. actually do something for me. This is mm. not a theory. This is not just an ideology. Like if yep. the truth is very appealing, yep. and experiencing Christ and yep. walking with Him is um, is a, is a such a free way to live your life. Mm. Yeah. How does an, how do you guys see like the average Aussie person sort of filtering through all this Australian culture that's 
kind of encouraging and incentivizing us to build our lives on things based on self. How do you how do you help an Aussie sort of come to walk with Christ and find yeah. freedom and and yeah? I think I think yeah, it's hard. Question. I think it's hard because, um, in my opinion, I think a lot of people don't sink into these things and they just kind of drift down the river, not even knowing For they're sure. in a river. Yeah. Life's busy. Life's yeah. busy. Mm. Life's complex. There's yep. enough. Every day is very full. And, and there's not, you know, there's not the challenges that most people have in the world of mm. finding food or money or yeah. like it's there in Australia. We're so affluent with some of the richest people that's yeah. ever lived in human history. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so there's a lot to do. Yeah. And if you've got a spare yeah. night, you go to the footy. Yeah. And like, you know, there's entertainment and stuff. So you're yeah. I almost, mm. and I don't want to be critical here because I definitely am on a journey and learning myself, but it's a bit like you can be a bit of a deadhead mm. and just kind of sure. live out 50 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then what I see happens in a lot of, you know, my age group kind of mid to late 30s is you're a bit of a deadhead and you just chase pleasure and chase a girl and have some mm. kids and work a job. But then what kind of finds you out mm. is you kind of get to an age often in your 30s where you hit a wall. Yeah, yeah. good one. And you yeah. hit a wall and the wall you're hitting, it's, it's, it's often a spiritual yeah. thing. It's like that, that spiritual gap in your kind of conscience, deep in your conscience, your belief system. It's like there's a little um, microchip, if you like, yeah. deep within us all, which is our conscience, our beliefs. It's that kind of the foundation that holds us together. Mm. And the deadhead lifestyle, just living, it, it never addresses that or thinks, what do I believe or how do I uh, facilitate growth in that deep yeah. kind of foundational yeah. stuff? And eventually, like, you know, the smartest people, the wealthiest people, the best-looking husband, wife, whatever, even the most successful hit walls. And we see it in our culture all the time with celebrities or sports stars or, yeah. you know, they, they have these moments, mental, mm. and we call it mental health, yeah. which is true, yeah. and I don't want to criticise that, but, like, yeah. you know, some sports star goes and has an affair and it's like, oh, he's got a mental health issue and needs to have a rest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and I just go, no, I think it's because there's a problem in the, in the depth of beliefs. There's a conscience issue. There's a moral issue that was never... There's a character thing deep yeah. down that was never facilitated or built. Yeah. And so he went and had an affair because he thinks he can do whatever he wants or he yeah. was having a bad day. And it's not a mental health thing because, you know, as if it's someone else's problem yeah. that he had a spaz out moment yep. and had an affair. Yep. It's like, I think it's a belief issue. And this is where like, worldview mm. that we're talking is good because worldview pushes you to like, well, what do you believe or what underpins yeah. that, that's that exactly ideology it. and what is behind yep. that way of living? Well, well, the the thing is, and then this we tend to in in Christianity we tend to avoid the big topics. It seems to me, uh, certainly in the Christian culture I grew up in, mm. which was a Pentecostal culture. Mm. Um, you know, like uh, um, who is man? You know, question yeah. is, you know, so well, how how you how you, <laughs> how you yeah, <laughs> but how you answer that question. Yeah. Uh, depends on how you're going to live your life, because if man yeah. is just a is just a meat bag flying through yeah, the universe, yeah. just a machine, you know, uh, and just flesh, then uh, what what sort of policies will we make? What sort of um, philosophies will we adopt uh, if that's how we think man is? Yeah. But if if man is, and this is what the Christian worldview says, man is actually a body, soul, spirit. Mm, mm, uh, mm. If man has each of those components, but if we just look after the body. Uh, and just the flesh aspect of our lives, then the soul is getting neglected, and the and the spirits really, mm. you know, we will, you know, we might encounter some sort of spiritual stuff, but there's a big part of our being that gets neglected, 
and like you say, and I'm seeing this in my own life where, uh, and it's sort of shocked me a bit where I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing young men in their thirties walking out on their families, mm. uh, and because there's a there's a gaping hole mm. in, in in them, mm. um, and it's it, it's shocked me because I'm like, whoa, if it's if it's that easy to do, I really better make sure that I'm not naive, and you know, I think, oh, that will never happen to me. I've got yeah. to make sure that I'm putting the first things first. And it reminds me of when Jesus said, um, uh, you know, you can gain the whole world. Mm. You can have everything material. You can have everything, you know, you can have all the, all the success, material things, yeah. success that we value so much. Uh, but if you forfeit your soul, which is to mm. say, really, if you deny that you are also made up of another reality, another mm. element, which is invisible. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy to ignore because it, it's that invisible. It's that character it's that inner uh, growth uh, that comes. If you ignore that, mm. then you gain the whole world, but you forfeit your soul. That's a that's a dangerous place yeah. to be in. And then um, you get this funny thing. Brad and I talk about this a bit. You get all these rich people, celebrity people now. Like in the sixties and seventies, it was go find a guru in India. Sure. Now it's go drink the you know the yeah. psychedelic drugs yeah, in the Amazon sure. jungle. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you it, get these odd the, like rich business corporate celebrity they people. For? They're looking for a, a religious experience. Well, they're looking for the spiritual yeah. thing. But, but it becomes this weird extreme like yeah. Amazon jungle. Yeah. You know, in the seventies it was the hippie trail sure. into the yeah, gurus. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's funny how the culture goes. We have all the money, we have all the success, <laughs> but then culture swings back. It's like but now we need spiritual yeah. stuff because yeah, we yeah. forgot that. Yeah. But well, it's a bit of a band aid. It's, yeah, it's almost like a spiritual band aid or a yeah. or a moral band aid. Like I'll go yeah. meditate for a month mm. and then like I'll come back into mm. my yeah. corporate job so earning three hundred K a year yeah. and I think as well, like you talk about like the 30-year-old who walks out on his family, for every one bloke that does that or worse, like hurts himself or, mm. you know, um, self-harm, there's probably 100,000 blokes in Australia who are just dying inside. They've just the dead, shut everything down. It's the deadhead down thing, yeah. Because they yeah. see themselves as good and they want to be good people mm. and they just die them like die to themselves, really. And I just see there's an epidemic of like anxiety, of meaningless, yeah, of purpose. Absolutely. And there's something yeah. so attractive of finding like something to fight for, something something Definitely. to be a part of. And yeah, um, the, the like the mandate of like Christ seeing heaven invade earth or mm -hmm. come to earth mm -hmm. and we get to partake in yeah. that is um, pretty attractive. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I've, I've been reading yeah. the um, the Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell. I'm only a few chapters into it. But there's this, there's this epidemic of issues with boys, men, fathers, yep. and, and it's not really being spoken about. In the first few chapters, he goes through the statistics. And it's just crazy. Like Boys and men are just so far behind in our mm. society to women, educationally and emotionally yep. and everything. But guess what the number one thing, I've just got started to read it. The yeah, number one thing is, why, why is that? Yeah, yeah, well, the number one yeah. thing he starts, he says kind of three things. The first thing is a purpose void. Yeah, he mm. says just a Amazing. massive hole of yep. purpose for yep. men. Yep. Just, you yep. know. Because it used to be, you know, make money, be the breadwinner, provide for the family. So now women can do that too. They yeah. can have babies and they can yes. have a career yeah. and they can be the breadwinner. Mm. And so it's like, the, the, and, and men used to, it's, this is really fascinating because he said most cultures throughout human history, the big purpose for men has been war. Mm. And so men were always, or boys were always raised to be kind of disposable because yeah. you would go wow. off to war. 
yeah. and 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 really the what what he calls the social bribes was you'd go off to war and return the yep. victorious mm. war hero yep. and then you'd you'd win the girl and you'd have your Glory family and you'd be the, yep. the hero mm. and he's just saying how unhealthy that is now because we're trying to recreate that in society or men try to find that again through extreme behavior through fighting um, through drinking, obviously, things like that. But they also try to find it through doing dangerous jobs, yeah. you know, where there's yeah. going off to, you know, join the army because they're trying to find purpose, but they're yeah. also trying to find it in what is probably not a healthy way anymore, trying yeah. to recreate this hero warrior thing. Yeah, interesting. But it's not really working. And so, yeah, so he talks about the purpose void, fatherlessness, yeah. which isn't surprising. And the interesting thing is he says statistically, you know, obviously we have a fatherless couple of generations now where like mm. not a lot of dads have been in homes but the impact on boys compared to mm. girls is significantly different girls yeah. have kind of done okay without yeah. dads around yep. boys have just crumbled yeah. without dads around which is really interesting yeah. and this is the last thing i'll say this this is crazy the most um the, the indicator now of early death the number one indicator of dying early or dying mm. young is just being male now wow just being male. So not wow. overweight or not black or white or not rich or wow. just being male is the greatest indicator you'll die young. Wow. And mainly because of male suicide. So yep. what does it look like? Yep. You guys are the pastors, mm. so you can remind me of the scripture, but I wasn't <laughs> given a spirit of fear. Well, How's the scripture go? Pressure's on. <laughs> I wasn't given a spirit of fear. Yeah. yeah. But power, love, and, and a sound mind. mind. Tim Timothy. Yeah, beautiful. One Timothy. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> what, Tim a, what a pastor. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah. <laughs> and then in Joshua, the scripture about, like, I was called to be bold and courageous. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, those two scriptures, I should actually yeah. read them better because I've been, like, thinking mm. about them and meditating about those two thoughts that we get from, like, the Bible and mm. what God says about us. But how does that work for the Aussie guy, like, mm. that's not yet a Christian? Like, mm. I wasn't given. A spirit of fear i think as soon as i hear that that something in me rises to that mm. that i am called to be bold and courageous like mm. something in me yeah that i've got to put that somewhere mm. and mm. and in our walk with christ like i'm interested to hear from you guys what does that look like for, mm. a, for probably more from a male side of things mm. But, mm. yeah I'm just trying to figure out what your question oh. is. <laughs> well, I, I got the scripture out here. No, like, I think that um, we talk about like, the purpose void, and in the Bible yeah, says sure. that we have great purpose. We, so have, we a should purpose. have yeah, Not a spirit of fear, but one So, so what do you do about that if you're not a believer? Yeah, how, that's yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, how do you yeah, find purpose? Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Well, how, that, yeah. if, if you don't have purpose, right, mm. then um, you, you don't have a reason to be bold. To, to have a sound mind true, even wow. um, and even really operate in love because mm. I mean you know we, there's obviously so many different definitions mm. of love but in the sense of God is love that sacrificial love mm. that that you know you lay down your life for a cause you know mm. so as Christians we're now called to lay down our life as a living sacrifice um, for the kingdom of God for the will of God that he can reach other people um, so if you don't if you don't have a cause, there's not really a reason to to necessarily have a, a sound mind. Mm. But when there's a cause, when there's a purpose, you you, you need a sound mind. You yeah, need love. Yeah. You got to be um, fit, and yeah. and you need that that job. power, which is the congruence. Mm. It's like 
I'm operating as I was made to be. Yeah. I'm not going against my nature that's or believing so something that's against my nature. Because when you go against the way God has set you up, there's a fragmentation that happens in your, in your individual self. Mm. And this is probably where the Aussie male is at the moment. He's so fragmented, doesn't know who he is, but he knows he's pushed around by the, you know, he's pushed into work and he's pushed into a, a marriage or girlfriend or, or then kids come along. And then all he's looking for is just that little bit of peace mm. out of that routine. So mm. he goes to Netflix, he goes to porn he goes to um you know whatever other you know the pub whatever whatever the thing is you go to and then that that's a difficult it's it's a crisis of purpose isn't it because what is all the work for what's the relationship with your girlfriend um, uh, wife what's it all for then kids come what's it all for and when you can't when you don't have an answer to any of those questions it's quite debilitating there's no power there there's no congruence to to keep moving forward because well, you don't have to be courageous greater. No, because yeah. because purpose like going to war, mm. we well, got to get your courage sorted. Yeah, you absolutely. know, or else you're going to be a coward mm. and run from the battle. So yeah. that 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 was a lot more black mm. and white, I suppose. Yeah. But I think what you're saying there's really true, Al, because the purpose um, the purpose ultimately comes when you do something greater than yourself. Wow. That and that's true. like what we touched on with children at the start. It's like if people understand, like mm. you're mm. saying about the Aussie guy has mm. kids more as it sounds like you're saying more, it just happens. Yep. And when it just happens, you don't know what it's for. Yep. It's a problem. Mm. But if you can understand the purpose of raising children, equip mm. yourself as a father yeah. to do that better, mm. realize that they're going to have a destiny and a life ahead and you mm. can pay a price, sacrifice, work hard, do whatever to put food on the table, to raise them well. Mm. Well, that then creates purpose beyond yourself. That is and true. then all of a sudden your children becomes meaningful. You yeah. want to stay in your marriage and get that better yeah. and work on that because you realise that that is part of the plan and the purpose and it takes courage yeah. to yeah. actually be a man who stays married yeah. and it actually takes you know, sacrifice, mm. kind of like going to war, yeah. to mm. sacrifice mm. yourself mm. to create intimacy with your mm. wife because intimacy mm. and love yeah. and all those things yeah. don't just magically happen or don't just mm. magically no. stay. Mm. But, but I think that's at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, it matters that you're a person. Like That's you were right. saying, God's exactly. created you a certain way. Yeah. And no matter what you believe, the way we're all created is that we need to have um, an aim that's greater than ourselves. Mm. And that gives you purpose. And But when the aim is money and the aim is material possessions and the aim is a better holiday, mm. like that, it's not greater than self. It's, mm. it's, it's pleasuring self. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But when the aim is greater than self, it always involves sacrifice, yeah. courage, yeah. Mm. You need friends, yep. camaraderie, mateship, you know, yep. and you're hearing here all the ideals of the Anzac yep. spirit, you know. Yeah. Yep. These are the things you need when you have a purpose greater than yourself. Mm. Now, it was yeah, easy absolutely. when we went off to war mm. and it was easy when we had no choice in the industrial age but to work 16 hours a day to try and, you know, or to farm mm. 16 hours yep. a day and there was no, not a lot of choice. Mm. But now we have this myriad of choices yeah, when we do this yeah. deadhead thing because we'd go into the footy and we go for yeah. beers and, and but and we're told we can you can be whoever you want to be. Yeah. Well, you know, for kids, when you give your, when you if I give my say four year old, uh, if I say hey, you, ten options here, uh, which one do you want to choose? He'll be there just thinking. Uh, you can't choose. Uh, no. So okay, narrow it down to two. Okay, yeah. which one do you want? You know that That's one, that one. So it's it's like people are you know when you're overwhelmed with choice, what do you do? Mm. Um, you know, tend to just go for comfort, you know, yeah. just go for whatever, yeah. you know, is comforting. But when there's a clear part, like, hey, mm. join into this way forward, you know, God's going to build you, God's going to show you who you are. And I'm reminded of, you know, Jesus said this, he said, um, 
blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of God is theirs. And so for anyone that's thinking, how do I, how do I enter into this, yeah. you know, like this, this spiritual life or this Christian life or this yeah. relationship with Jesus? It's like, you know, for anything, a, a lot of, a lot of when, when you become a parent, you'll find this out too, you know, even when you get married, when you have a crisis, okay, you're not going well with your wife mm. or whatever. Really, it's the crisis of life that should drive us to God, not yeah. necessarily our own strategies or mm. I'm just going to fix it myself. Mm. But mm. it's like, God, you know, I'm struggling here. I'm not, I'm not being the husband that I really should yeah. be to my wife. The beauty of, of the Christian life is that we have, a, we have God there who's all-knowing, all-powerful, and we can go to him and he can show us the way, but it takes humility. And it's like, I don't know what to do That's here. the poor, just to connect the dots mm. for people, that's mm. what poor in spirit means. Absolutely, yeah. Humility means be humble. Be humble, which, yeah. which is the opposite, you know, the, the, uh, you know, and I can relate to this majorly as, a, as an Aussie, <laughs> you know, the self-made man or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, I'm just going to do it my way and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, Tony Robbins it or, or whatever. And I'm not putting him down at all, but it's like, I'm just going to, I'm friend, just going <laughs> to, sorry. I'm a fan, I'm a fan a too. I know he's your mate, but oh, you know, right. but it's like, <laughs> but, but the whole idea of Christianity is I'm going to go to God and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to come to him in a spirit of humility because that is where I'm going to receive that is the, the, the power of God. And which is to say, that ability to operate in a way that I previously couldn't. Mm. And he's yes. going to give me the power to do that because I've come to him in humility, which is where the kingdom of God, that which is outside the earth realm, comes into that and then gives me the ability to love my wife, to love my children. And so it's beautiful the way that the Christian worldview is set up, the way that God has set things up. It's like when we encounter a problem, we, we whatever, however it is, if you get on your knees or you're just crying yeah. out or whatever, yeah. We go to him and we go, God, I can't do it. I'm struggling and Lord, this is not working. And then God, I want to know what your way is. And then we come back and we're able to operate in a way that is is beyond our natural capacity. Mm. Uh, and that's how we can operate, you know, at a, at a level. That's how we can keep our marriages together, not because we're super, you know, you, you know yourselves, you, you think yeah. I'm pretty ordinary. Yeah. You know, there's job. a lot of yeah. sin there and things that come up and whatever, but it's, it's through going to God and being able to do that that we can actually, you know, have a chance at holding our marriages together to love our kids to go beyond what we naturally mm. in our own selves can give because what I can give runs out very, very quickly. Very quick. So yeah. true. So to the guy or person at home that's watching and saying, like, I feel like I'm living outside of that alignment, like there's a tension, there is a purpose void. What's the what's the practicals like top three practicals you'd say to do to to come into that alignment with the way I've Can I say it. the first one? Because I think you already touched on it. Go. I think humility yeah. is so critical. Like I've worked with a lot of men and a lot of young men for a long time. Yeah. And I was like this too. But just the, the, the arrogance of a young man is phenomenal. And you guys will probably attest to it like <laughs> I did. Like, man, when I was 22, like I knew everything. I, know I was the best are, preacher. I'm not. <laughs> I know most people are. But I'm not. That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> But just the, um, I think yeah. humility is so hard mm. and, and it's something you've got to learn and it's a long-term yeah. goal you've got to set mm. because you're just born in pride. And then as yeah. I think as a man, yeah, it's, yeah. sometimes it's worse. Yeah. And as a young man, yeah. it's worse. It's like, man, the arrogance. And I deal with a lot of young guys and sometimes I go home to my wife and just giggle. I'm like, look, this young guy said this to me today. And it's just said in so much naivety and ignorance as if yeah. at 20 you know something. Yeah. But they, I know it. 
and yeah. I'm strong. And you know, mm -hmm. I remember when I was that age, I'd run through brick walls. I was yeah. physically strong. I was like, you know, good yeah. looking, successful <laughs> with sport. And I thought I was all these things. And I thought that would last forever and it'd be awesome. Mm, yeah. Sure. But then life just has slowly like cut my ankles off. Cut yeah, my knees it, off. It, like, it's just probably like, say the same about thirty-five-year-old self when we're seventy. <laughs> yeah, yes, but it's true. a lifelong journey, though. Yeah, but I think if you aim at humility rather than aim at capable, yeah. self-made, you know, but success, then here's yeah. a crazy thought: is success humility, mm. as opposed to success is self-made, making it strong. Yeah. You know, don't cry. No yeah. one could knock me off. Climb the ladder. Mm. Yeah, is success being mm humble, more patient, able to let things go, let yeah. people walk all over mm. you, but still keep your identity intact because it's okay. Ask for help. Ask for help. Mm. Yeah. Good one. You've only got two left now. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, where do I go for it? That, 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 that one had that, A, B, C. That really, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there were sub points in there for sure. But I, I don't think you can go past humility. The, the thing about pride is this, and this is one thing that um, I'm just learning now, is looking at the virtues. Often mm. in Christianity uh, and in, in maybe our brand of Christianity, you know, evangelicalism and Pentecostalism, a lot's focused on, say, the spirit yeah. um, and, and the spiritual aspect, uh, you know, and rightly so. But mm. often what gets overlooked is our souls. Mm. And, and often mm. with Protestantism, we don't know where to, we don't know how much focus to put on soul, mm. virtue, uh, and those types of things. But the thing about pride is that pride is blind. That's the nature of it. And that's why we need to be walking together and doing life together because um, what, there's a humility in that, yeah. in walking together. You know, pride's like, I'm just going to go and, you know, go and charge this way. Um, but there really is a humility in, in um, walking together. And so I think that there's, for someone who's going, okay, what do I do? Okay, come and join like a faith community. Come in, sit sit in the pews, even if you don't believe in God, even if mm -hmm. you don't believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. but just sit and even pick up the teaching. Like, yeah. what did Jesus say? Like, you, you, can, you, can, you can still come in and listen to what Jesus said and work those principles it's through, true. I believe, because they're true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so those and things can work. Yeah. Yep. And then also, the, the, you know, the truth does set you free. And mm. anyone knows that, whether mm. you're Christian or mm. not. Mm. You know, if you've been hiding, say, like a pornography addiction or something like that, and I did that for many years, and I had to repent of that, and it was the best thing I ever did. Mm. It wasn't just because I was a Christian, right, mm. that, that I felt free. It was that I had to come and, and to a point where I had to say, I'm living a lie, mm. and Christian or non-Christian, that lie is affecting me. It's harming yeah. me. It's causing damage to me and, and, my, and my wife and family and so on. The moment I came into to freedom and, and, and truth, it was just like, oh, all mm. of a sudden power came back in my life again. Mm. The congruency that mm. I could, I could um, walk as mm. well, I could aim where I wanted to go, where I felt God was leading mm. me. I mm. uh, wasn't having to try to, you know, mm. um, play, you know, do the, the manipulation game yeah. or, or yeah. you secretive know, stuff. the secretive stuff. Yeah, yeah put, yeah. put my mm. good face forward, but then, you know, what a freedom. I yeah, there is coming like just starting to wrestle through who Christ was and not mm. being a Christian, starting to come to Christian, yeah. become a Christian, and just ask for help. Really, if you wrestle through that, and there's a lot yeah. of the things that were weird and I didn't understand, and um, but just like just let the truth bubble to the top. Mm -hmm. Like that's all I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want mm -hmm. what you guys did in your rituals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I just wanted the truth. Yeah, and I reckon that's just such a good encouragement Definitely. for anyone. I had a friend recently. 
who um, is not a Christian but had a lot of challenges with some depression and um, just a lot of issues, like a lot of challenges from normal worldly stuff. Yep. Um, and he started coming to Christ, got prayer, had an encounter, which was great, like a spiritual, yep. tangible encounter. Mm. But then I said, what's the bit that's held you? Like, why have you not on antidepressants? You're out of bed. You've got a job. Mm. You're joyful. You look strong. Like, mm. what, like what has changed? And he's like, just just the truth. Like, I okay, just, yeah. I just yep. found a way to live in alignment with who I believe I've yep. been called to be. Yep. And mm. slowly as he's, like, got to know the heart of God, He's aligned his life to that, and now he's free of all these things and a totally transformed human being. And yep. I just think that's so powerful. And the scripture of like, it's no longer I who live, but Christ mm. who lives in me. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's true, I want to know the nature of Christ because yep. He's alive in me. Yep. Mm. And um, that's that's really been something that's held me through yeah. mm. a lot of um, injustice and challenges and a lot of failure in the world and stuff. Mm. I said it's Him that's in me. Yeah. And, mm. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. Really good. Awesome. You, you mentioned about um. Pentecostalism and yeah, growing up in that and mm. you know that's kind of our yeah. our background mm. of what we grew up in mm. like what yeah. where do you think that's all at the mm. church and maybe we can get into yeah. we've tried to avoid the churchy stuff because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we don't want it to be As, we want it to be leadership focused but but let's go into churchy <laughs> yeah, stuff because sure, we're both pastors sure. maybe yeah. we can finish, we can, finish on this yeah and it's interesting for people as well because yeah. if you come in to like Christ is is like there's tangible touches and you're, you're like, if you came mm. here on a Sunday, yep. I'm almost 100% confident that there's something in your spirit that would resonate. Yeah, you feel God. Truth. Yeah, yeah. You, And your spirit would respond. Yep. Yep. Now you might not be able to articulate that up here yet, mm, but for sure. I've found myself and talking to others that the church is often the biggest barrier to Christ mm. when actually it's called to be the biggest advocate for mm. Christ. Oh, so, you're right there, Al. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this like is you. my career here. Yeah, I'm a full-time <laughs> church pastor. God. Was that Brad's a subtle hand? Did you subtly backhand us then? We've got you in T-shirts. You're not wearing robes. We're trying to help. You know, go get my robes yeah, now. I, yeah, I left mine back in Tassie. So. No, but you're right. And I think that's the... And I suppose when you come into the church world, Brad, like also you yeah. don't you know there's some Jesus stuff in the Bible and whatever, mm. but you don't really know that there's different mm. elements to the church. There's different yeah, we call them yeah. worship traditions. Yeah. So yeah. different ways or, or of brands if you just want to yeah. you know yeah, or brands you know you know there's different and that's where my question to mm. Al on Pentecostalism is that was mm. kind of our brand growing yes. up. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Christianity yeah. you know is so broad. Mm. It's so simple in a lot of ways. It's Jesus, mm. Son of God, rose from the dead. Yeah. But then you pan out from there, and yeah. it's like there's 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 elements of um, yep. the truth in all different things we do and traditions and whatever. But you keep panning out, and eventually you just get into like it's just different styles of singing yeah. songs. Yeah. Like it's yeah, not yeah, really yeah. that important. Yeah. It's not did Jesus rise from the dead. It's just yeah. you got electric guitar. Church down the road has an organ, yeah. and, and we kind of mm. organise mm. into brands, mm. and people tend to feel God more in one place, yeah, or they tend to yeah, and that's cool. So getting down to us is we grew up, and you don't realise growing up, do you? No. You think Christianity is what you grew up in, but yeah. then you get older and you realise, oh, it's actually one of the brands. It was one of the angles. It was one of the approaches. It was one of the sure. methods. It was one of the yeah, styles. Yeah. Yeah. Underpinning is doesn't matter if you're Catholic or Protestant or you're Pentecostal or Lutheran or yeah. uh, underpinning it is the same Jesus. Yeah. You know. So that's where. You know, Al and I talk about this a bit. Like, where is Pentecostalism at that we grew up in? Because I think, I think there's some issues, mm-hmm. and I think things are have drifted a bit mm-hmm. the last twenty yep. 
years, ten years, yep. maybe. And what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think once you, I, I think that's true. I think if you get a slice of the pie, say the pie is Christianity and all the expressions of Christianity and and all the expressions of mm-hmm. church, right? Mm-hmm. If you get a slice of the pie, and but then you say that's the whole pie, then there's a mm-hmm. problem. And I think that's metaphor. I yeah. think that's where Pentecostalism. Yeah. It's a mouthful. I think that's where it's at. And part of the the, the part of maybe what the problem is, and and this is me spitballing, and I'm still so for the camera, I'm still working out my thoughts on this. Yeah, and, yeah. And we've we've had some dialogue. We've yeah. had some good conversations on it. Um, but I think part of the problem is if you get one slice of the pie and you say that is the pie or this is yeah. this is the ultimate experience, that to me sounds like pride, and that to mm. me sounds like. The, the, Superiority. The, the, the blinders are on because you, you're not seeing the whole picture. And when you emphasize one part, you know, over the other, even though, okay, we could we could pick any, you know, brand of Christianity or any particular branch of it, and we could probably, you know, run a scan over it and find the good and the bad. Mm. So we could do that with anything. We can do that with Pentecostalism too. Mm. But Pentecostalism tends to... Um, tends to be obviously it emphasizes a relationship with the Holy Spirit like a mm. direct connection to God mm. um, and once again it's not a matter of throwing out the baby with the bath no, no. I think you and I could acknowledge you know there is there, there is a lot of good that Pentecostal mm. has brought out but I can only reflect on on my thinking and my mindset growing up and it's like the fish you know swimming in the water it's like ask the fish about how he, um, you know, the water. Well, he couldn't tell you one because fish can't talk. But two, <laughs> if he could talk, and that's a you bad know, joke right there. Yeah, well, if the fish could talk, he, he wouldn't know what to say because it's just it's the culture that he swims in. Right, so it's yeah. almost like you get to, you know, for Caleb and I, you get to your thirties, and you, you, you know, we, we're not too far off forty now, I guess, a couple of years <laughs> off forty, aren't we? And you're able to run the scan, I suppose, over your experience a lot more objectively. Mm. Um, and the parts in Pentecostalism that I think may be a little bit, um, you know, maybe a problem is when it looks on other denominations and other religious branches and, and almost looks down its nose at it. Mm. And we might say things like, well, they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit or um, you know, we've got the experience here. Yeah. But the problem is when, you, when once again, it, it's not necessarily what we have, but it's the way that we have it. Mm. And it's our attitude with it. And when we start stepping into pride, it's like you, you are destined for some sort of fall or some sort of, you know, pride mm. becomes for, for a fall. But it's like you're destined mm. for some sort of impover- impoverishment in your expression mm. of your Christianity and your expression, what you're trying to bring through of God's heart. Because there's something fundamentally wrong in, in in what you believe about that that we have it, yeah. you know, and I think when you get to a point where you think, well, we have this expression and we have this particular way that we put God forward, and it's, um, you know, and it's this sort of, you know, speaking in tongues or whatever, whatever. What's well, the might way be. we worship? Yeah. It's the language yeah. we so, use. Yeah. It's the scriptures we emphasize. Yeah. yeah, and they're all that style, which is no problem yeah. with that. No. But it's it's like you say, spot on. But when we say that style is the whole pie, exactly. and anyone who eats anything else is is, is yeah. inferior, yeah. I think that's where I think my concern is what I would call classical Pentecostalism. Sure. You yeah. know, so Pentecostalism has been around for about a hundred years, yeah. hundred and twenty years. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty new to the Christian faith if you're looking at Anglicanism and Catholicism. Well, if you look at the big, yeah, the big yeah. picture, yeah, it's like absolutely. our piece of the pie is a hundred years. Yeah. It's like very small, yeah. actually. Yeah. 
but it's it's the fastest growing branch of Christianity across mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. and I think especially in our kind of Western culture, it's 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 growing fast because, or it's more attractive, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's got, um, yeah. you know, lights, yeah, good sound, yes, yeah. good pastors, yeah. cool dudes, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's got electric guitars. What it's so it's relatable to a sense. It's presenting the gospel to a new generation in a way they probably consider yeah. more relatable. The preachy style is a lot freer and more yeah. casual yeah. conversational. Yeah. So it's growing fast because it does all of that, which is which is great. And I think yeah, that's yeah. classical yeah. Pentecostalism. Yeah. And with that comes this emphasis on really encountering God, mm. which mm. is awesome. And people yeah. want a spiritual experience. Yeah. So it's ticking so, all so those, good, good, good. Ticking all these boxes. Yeah. But like anything, like like going back to what you were saying, like anything, then when we fall in love with our style. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this t-shirt is the greatest t-shirt in the world. And if I fall in <laughs> yeah, love with I this think t-shirt, t-shirt yeah, well, but, but, but if I've fallen in love with this yeah. t-shirt, then I yeah. look at your t-shirt and your shirt and, yeah, and everything's crap. And then it becomes yeah. personal. It's like, I don't even like yeah. you because you wear that t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this t-shirt is like, this isn't just a good t-shirt. I like, mm. this is from heaven. Mm. This yeah. is divine. Like, if you don't like this t-shirt, then you're demonic. You're, you're not godly. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. hang on a second. Like, that's not, that's not even rational. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, and how would you know? Yeah. And I think that's the problem with Pentecostalism, all the tick, tick, tick. Once you become too in love with your own style, mm-hmm. um, then it becomes, and I think this is where some of Pentecostalisms could struggle in the next few years. Pastors can become controlling. Yeah. It becomes about a personality on the stage rather than about the team and the whole body of Christ. Um, you know, you start to get this overreach into people's life, like one or two people are the the spiritual encounter, healthy yeah. bit goes, now some people have the spiritual monopoly yeah. and yeah. they're the spiritual people yeah. and they're the real yeah. prayers yeah. and they're the real preachers it, and they're the real worship yeah. leaders. And it's, it's like... I say the, the, danger, the danger of it, I guess, is it also appeals to people because it's... it's um, it's a form of worship that allows a lot of free expression, yeah. individual expression. I, I, I feel like the danger of it is, is that it, it appeals to people's, um, you know, self-motivations and things like that. And, uh, you know, people that are looking for that, um, I just want to express myself, you know, more than I want to encounter, say, Jesus or more than I want to um, see the body of Christ grow. I just want a place where I can express myself. Um, and it can get to a point where there, there is more than that in Christianity. There's mm-hmm. reaching the lost. There's, you know, learning about worldviews and, 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 you know, the, the scripture and all that. And so it, it can, there can be this little dangerous thing that it appeals to some, uh, you know, um, self-significance, yeah. need for significance. That's the best way I can put unhealthy it. Like a, an unhealthy need for significance that you need that place where you can get your pat on your back and you Definitely. can... Yeah. You could, but the problem is it's all about you and it's not about what, what my, God might be doing in and through that church. And so, and this is something I'm really aware of, I'm sure you are as well, because in my position as a full-time pastor, mm. like that temptation is always there. Yep. And, and to take too much for yourself or make it about you or use God to tag on to things you're doing mm. because you like saying yep. this or you like yeah. being like this or... And, but, and the thing I'm really aware of is that the church, unlike any other organisation in the world, it doesn't have the checks and balances. It doesn't have the... Like when you become a pastor, for people who might not know, in our kind of Pentecostal mm. world, like you're kind of assumed that you'll be there forever. Yeah. It's not like one guy comes in, does a job, and then another comes in, yeah, and sure. there's the next yeah. CEO who takes the church. Mm. And 
it's almost like you're in, it's yours, you're there forever. You know, people can come and go and you yeah. can say whether they're good and bad or whatever, mm. but you're mm. kind of the guy at the top and no one can really tell you what to do. And like, uh, there's a lot of temptation to allow things to drift yeah. that way. So something that I myself and our eldership in our church have worked hard on is actually going, well, let's, we're going to have to intentionally build in checks and balances mm -hmm. and we're going to have to make sure we have a team where we can speak freely and we can critique things and we can, you know, look at my role and things like that. Yeah. Because it's very easy in the church world without the checks and balances to get that unhealthy motive and sure. people climb yeah. the hierarchy. But then on top of that, um, you're not that answerable even to the government yeah. because the government doesn't know what to do with churches. Mm. They can't step in and make, but there's no, there's no, um, there's no, oh, I can't find the word. Um, there's no generic way that like pastors get paid. <coughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. government for most industries says you do this kind of job mm. and you got these qualifications, yeah. you mm. should get yeah. minimum wage. Yeah. Churches don't have that. Yeah. Because yeah. This, what, the government doesn't even know what to do with yeah. them. So it creates it. And then when you've got that and human nature tends to drift towards mm. pride mm -hmm. and control. Yeah. And then on top of that, and this is where I think Pentecostalism has to be careful. On top of that, then you say, yeah, but the way I do it is God. Yep. And the way that I talk, it's from heaven. Yeah, yeah. And and what I'm saying you should do with your marriage, Brad, God actually told me that. Like the minute you add that God spiritual bit to it, yeah. it's it's highly manipulative. It can be highly manipulative, but it's also can be really damaging for the follower in the church or the, you know, who's tied to these things. And it just gets very murky. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think yep. classical Pentecostalism that tick, 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 tick has got to be really careful that it doesn't go into that, especially in an age where people are demanding, you know, Me Too movements, mm, sure. you know, yep. sexual things, yep. moral things, yep. corruption. People are demanding that people are held to account and things are done well. Mm. And the church, unfortunately, you know, you look at the Royal Commission of Aiding Australia into child abuse and churches yep. everywhere mm. and Pentecostal churches, yep. every kind of church. Yep had abuse issues and cover-up stories. Yeah. And so it's like the, all this lack of checks and balances and just saying, well, we're good people because we're God people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. A, lot of, a lot got found out and it wasn't that great yeah. and mm -hmm. we weren't any different. And, you know, so I think there's that that danger of drift there. For sure. Yeah. Really interesting. Yep. I, I think as well, like that's, I feel like from my perspective, that's more an issue for you guys to wrestle out. I love that <laughs> I go to a church that does talk about this stuff and wrestle it out and, is an organisation that wants to be an excellent organisation mm. as well as a church. Mm. Um, but like that's that people are still encountering Jesus when they come here with all yeah. the things of man and all the that's failings it. of people. People are still coming here on a Sunday, having their hearts transformed, their lives transformed. I saw this Sunday people in tears and having massive transformations. And mm. that's the beauty of coming to yep. Christ. And I, mm. I really love that you guys are figuring out how to make sure we don't get in the way of that yeah, and we support sure. that and yeah. we become a great reflection of who Christ is rather than... Well, that's the thing, Brad, like you said at the start, like if, if the brand or the church or the mm. brand is getting in the road of Jesus, mm. that's that's yeah, what that's... breaks God's heart. That breaks our heart. Like, mm. But it, it, that doesn't happen easily, like mm. keeping that healthy and keeping all the junk out the road of God. Doesn't yeah, help, it's, no. doesn't happen easily. Because the, the, the natural course of things is... is you know, a default to pride until yeah. you realise you've stepped in there. And that's where mm. humility, coming back to that poor in spirit, mm. you know, mm. which which is like, God, I've got it wrong. I'm, you know, mm. you know, show me the way, coming back mm. to him and redirecting. But but 
you have to be aware that we always do that. Mm. We, so we always make a course and then often we'll drift, we'll drift, but then we've yep. got to come back and then we drift, mm. we drift. Yep. And that's just the natural state of things. But if you go out, this is like what you're saying, if you go out on a trajectory and you don't adjust, mm. there can be there can be yep. some dangers out there mm. for sure. So and I think for churches and pastors, like the big question I'm thinking about is what informs the way that we do things? So as, rather than coming from an angle of this is our brand, therefore we do church mm -hmm. like this, mm -hmm. trying to think more, well, what, who are the people we're trying to reach and the mm -hmm. community that we're in mm -hmm. and, and the people around here that need God? Mm -hmm. And then those people, the way they think, the way they live, informing how we deliver what we believe in and mm -hmm. how we deliver the truth and how we communicate the gospel. And, 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 but that takes work. Yeah, and, that's, you know, and a lot of pastors don't want to do that work. They just want to preach the way that they learnt to preach. Sure, and they just yeah. want to do church yeah. the way they grew up in it. And that's yeah. our struggle. Yeah, that, We've had right. to grow up and yeah. realise, yeah, I like this and I like preaching like that and I like doing X, but is that what the people um, who God wants me to reach, is that what they need? Mm -hmm. And so it's flipping it and going, and I hope that we can continue to become a church that where the way we do ministry, the way we deliver things, the way we run our services, the way we mm -hmm. preach, whatever, communicate, is, is informed by the people we're trying to reach. And that, that's sort of just, that's doing your due diligence and going, well, this is the community I'm in. I'm going to find out about that community. Yeah. I'm going to see where the issues are. I'm going to see where the problems are at. Exactly. And then I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can, you know, to, to, to gear towards it, or at least be a bridge yeah. to get people from here to, to across to here. Which takes humility. Mm. Because, like, I like to preach about things, certain things, but then I say, I'm not going to preach about that. I'm going to humble myself. You know, it gets back to what we we're saying about purpose. I'm going to find mm -hmm. something greater than yeah. myself, and that's people out there and go, well, how can I hone my skill of preaching to better help them, mm. rather than hone my skill of preaching and to preach about topics that I think are cool because that makes me emotionally feel good when I get to talk mm. about my stuff yeah. that I like or that I'm knowledgeable about. Mm. So it's a total flip, but it takes hard work. It takes humility. Mm. It takes thinking of others. But then with that comes that deep purpose, godly satisfaction, reason for doing my job you know so and people can get behind that you see yeah. insiders catch fire when they see the gospel and the holy ghost and christ reach mm -hmm. someone and then flourish like mm -hmm. everyone flourishes mm -hmm. as we get behind that and see others flourish mm -hmm. and, and grow and prosper and yeah it's good yeah it's really good well guys um good chat my really but, awesome. um, i gotta go to work <laughs> <laughs> This is our job. Yeah. We'll just go and have another coffee. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah go rip no, your really, jeans. And, uh, really, thanks for uh, yeah. your time, Al. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you. thanks for having me on here. We've got to get you on more because you've been got great lots to have of a chat. stuff to say. Yeah. 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 Really good. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you, too. Yeah. Awesome. I trust you were impacted by that Leadership Lessons podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. Please comment down below and please review the podcast and share it with a friend. Doing this inspires us and helps others to find the podcast. See you next time.